Welcome to Two Arabs and a Podcast, a show with no limits. Dating, business, martial arts, self-defense, and the life of two Arabs in America. Arabs in America. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your hosts, the owner of Warrior Academy, the son of an immigrant, international traveler, black rank in Krav Maga, a jiu-jitsu practitioner, and Brazil's national champion, and of course, 2018 self-defense instructor of the year, a bodyguard and military combative instructors, none other than Fraza Joined by his co-host, Omar Oswan, the owner of Warrior Tactical Training, published author, doctor of criminology, world traveler, fluent in four languages, a military combat contractor, and a first-generation immigrant. The show begins now. Good, man. How you been? Good, good. We're changing scenery today. Yeah, we are. Before we jump on the scenery, I see you've been touring a little Mexico and all that. Sorry, guys. We've been disappear because Omar decided to take his wife and jet off off the border. Yeah, just Mexico, DR, and uh-huh. And how was that experience? Because a lot of our crowds have been asking us, like, well, Omar's in Mexico. What is the difference? I'm That's like, amazing. Think- a lot of people say it's dangerous. It's not. I went to Tijuana. I went to uh, Cancun, Los Cabos. It's, it's really amazing. So when you compare it to the Dominican Republic, and that was your last uh, visit, right? Yeah. Um, let's say comparison-wise, I've never been to the Dominican, so I wouldn't know. Mexico is more of a party city. Okay. Um, there's a lot of couple activities, but it's more party scene. DR is more chill, more family vibe, more relaxed, more like islands and tanning and, and enjoying food on the beach. So the family vibe, that's why you got me that, uh, that Viagra rum. <laughs> exactly, yes. Yeah, he, gets, he yeah. gets me this rum and he said it's called Viagra. And I looked at it and it has cigars in it too. Oh, nice. Mama Juana. Nice. Uh, huh? It's called Mama Juana. Mama Juana. Yeah. And he said, they say if you want to get somebody pregnant, have this. I was like, no. <laughs> So I mean, I could gift it to you. I don't want it. You're married. I'm good. I don't want it. I'm good on that. I'm not. So yes, uh, well, that's great. We gotta, we gotta tap into that more. So yeah, exactly. planning the new year there or something. So. Yeah. Well, Donna, welcome. Thank yep. you. Thank so, yep, here's what we got for our folks. So, we changed the scenery. We are at a place, actually, this is the barbershop where most of us in my academy come to, and it's called Whiskey Beer Barbershop. And the lady that's sitting beside me right here, this is Donna. I call her my sister. So, yes, if I didn't yes, have a sister, yes. this is my sister right here. And I'm not going to say much. I'm going to let her introduce herself, but... Uh, what we are doing here today, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're um, sh- um, bringing out to light some of the businesses we got in the city of Kansas City. Because every time we say in Kansas City, people think we're in some suburb, there was cows, and we're just surrounded and all that <laughs> stuff. So in the city where we at, there's a lot of small businesses. And a lot of these small businesses are owned by minorities, which is most of us are. And when I speak of minorities, Donna hits the minority part because she is a woman. She's African American, and her sexual orientation is. I hit all the minorities. <laughs> she hits all. <laughs> check, check, check. So yeah, she's a lesbian. lesbian. So I this is part minute. we want to bring her out, and like I said, this lady have done a tremendous job at what she does, honestly. And if you see me always brag about other people's success work, she is one. And Donna is just really a great human being to get to know. Thank you. you. And I don't know if she's going to go all awesome, but yeah. (laughs) And uh, that she brought something unique. And this is why me and Omar decided when we talked about this, it's not just we want to bring any small business. We want to bring what does this business does. And me and Omar, all of our business that we've been part of a community. And Donna is a big part of a community. 
And this barbershop is not your usual barbershop. <laughs> so, Donna, welcome, and we're going to give you the road here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, uh, my name is Donna. Uh, most people call me DA. I legally changed my name to DA the Barber. Uh, really? I did. I thought it would be funny. I was going to call her Don Donna because of her cigar. And <laughs> you know what? Someone calls me that, too. <laughs> like my guy Josh does. So. Yeah, I legally changed my name. I thought it would be funny. My mom was in tears, but, you know. <laughs> so, so, so that's legal? It's legal. So if, if I marry some woman, her last name is the barber. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a unique last name. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for having me. No, I'm happy. So um, questions coming up. Of course, we're going to shoot out questions on you, and you know me and Omar and all that. So the um, thing is, I want to ask, why whiskey beard? Gotcha. Okay, so... I was actually uh, sitting down one day after meditating and I just started writing down all the things I love to do. And it was like drinking whiskey, cutting hair, started writing down names. She has a full service yes, here too, yes, by yes. the way. Out of it came Whiskey Beard and it just be, it, it just took off. It was mm -hmm. a brand that I just was not expecting to take off the way it did. So mm -hmm. It did actually catch my attention. I remember the first time I talked about Omar because I moved in the city, was it four years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the best thing I ever did. And that's when God. I opened. Yeah. yeah. I opened. So I was, I only know one uh, black barbershop mm -hmm. and it was all the way up north and I got really tired of the driving down yeah. there. That's one. And plus, when you're in the city, your vibe changes. Yes. You understand what I'm talking about. And I'm going to leave this to Donna to explain the culture because we're going to get deep in barber culture, by the yeah. way. So I've noticed there was a conflict within me. Yeah. When I go down there, and it's nothing really about, I could, it's not, once we say this, people think prejudice and all that. You know how that no, goes. No, no, no. It is really such a different set of culture. And I think Donna and Omar can hit on that when we talk about why in the city. I mean, Omar, half the time we're here. You're, yeah, you're, exactly. You're like that's, 10 minutes away from I spend here. more time downtown than yeah. Yeah. So the, the, that, 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 uh, that's caused me an issue. Yeah. So I started searching around. She was the first to pop up. And I was like, uh, your first shop. Yes. Yes. And I was like, I was like, wow, it's three minutes away. I'm gonna go in. And I walked in, and it was a small one. Mm -hmm. First, not this. This this is a big place, ladies and gentlemen. You don't know how big <laughs> this place is. And I literally immediately uh, chatted with her, and I just got hooked. And I knew it was a different atmosphere. We became friends pretty. Oh yeah, we're friends fast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna leave it to Donna to explain to you. I mean, actually, I'm asked a question. Yeah. You said you you told us how you come up with the name, right? Uh huh. But I knew, and how me and you talked about, remember when you first met me at my business as well? Yes. You knew that vibe and that culture. Totally different. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So I even did the same with my business. So what was your determination for the culture you wanted? So there's this thing in uh, the black community called code switching. And so... Code? Code. Code. C-O-D-E. Oh. Okay. Um, the, so code switching basically is... Um, when you go into someone else's environment, you have to act the part, you have to assimilate. So uh, my whole life I was taught how to be um, accepted as far as in the corporate world. It was so exhausting that I had to be something other than what I am whenever I go into a business. So I wanted to create a space where people could feel valued, accepted, and loved without having to switch who they were. Mm -hmm. So. I was able to do that in my in, in our in our environment. You yeah. you truly can be whoever you want to be, 
um, without feeling the need to um, act white or act black mm -hmm. or act mm -hmm. corporate or act gangster. Like whoever you are, you are truly accepted here. So that's really where, where the theme came in for. That's the same are. theme I implemented at my academy. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yes. when you walked in, I mean, oh, your man. experience. I, I saw a little bit of everything. <laughs> I know, I when she walked in. Up. It was a culture shock yeah, to me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You, she was intimidated about that, just the idea. Yeah. And she walked in, she said, Coach, sign me up. Like, <laughs> it just took one class. I was looking around, I'm like, there's trans people here, there's black yeah, there's people, there's white people. people. <laughs> I tell people, like, like, it's seriously a melting pot of Buff ass gay dude? Like, what the fuck am I? Hey, Shannon, props to you, Shannon. Yeah. Throw him under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> so what about you start in Kansas City? Say why, that again. Why Kansas City? Why Kansas City? Kansas City, so I'm from Long Beach, California. Mm -hmm. That will always be home. Kansas City is a different beast to me. Kansas City is where I grew as an adult. Like, mm -hmm. Kansas City has my heart. So I, I, I wanted to start here because I received so much love here. And I didn't come out until I was 20. Mm. And I actually moved to Kansas City in order to come out. It was very hard to come out like around your friends and family because they only seen you in a certain way. Yeah. Even though down in California. Even in California. Even with my super loving family. Like um, yeah. it is really, really hard to be who you are in front of people that have seen you in a certain way for so long. So I came to Kansas City and it was just love immediately. Like I, I, I wanted my roots to be from here. Um, I plan on opening in other states, but Kansas City will always be home base. You're not moving. <laughs> I am moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Now, I gotta, I gotta guess go, we're moving. I gotta, yeah. Yeah, I gotta go home home one day. I gotta go yeah. back to California no, one day. I, get but, it. Uh, I, I have to, I have to uh, finish out there, but Kansas City will always have my heart. So do you think it was challenging coming out as a person of color? Because I know like for Arabs, for example, or minorities in general, it seems harder to come out than... than the average person, I would say. Oh my God, yes. White Joe. Yes, yes. I think our culture, our culture is very similar. And when our I culture got- culture is very religious. Yes, exactly. yes. so yes. that's religious one. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I notice that when I sit and talk with Donna, and at least for Donna, when I start talking about this, there's not that attachment of um, the culture itself. Yes. Of when, if I ask others, it would like, yeah, you know, it just like shuts it off. Yeah, but yeah. when I speak with her, it gives the same way when we speak, you know, because we come from a culture, I, I, I almost forgot between Arab and African Americans. I just said the only difference similar. is it's very, very similar. similar. Yeah. Like some of the stuff you guys, you know, happens, me and him joke. I was like, you know what's the only difference? It's just the goddamn language. That's it. And yeah. the skin that's color. It. <laughs> that's exactly. about it. And, and I mean, so culture. many. Oh my God. So many African Americans are your color. Yes, so absolutely. Your, absolutely. But it's a, it's a very religious background, so it was difficult. And I grew up, so I grew up two different styles. Um, from a child to about 11, I grew up in a Baptist household. And you know, up until about eight, that determines like your inner voice as a child. So it was like riddled with guilt. And I knew very, very, very early, like I was different. My Barbies, my Barbie and Barbie used to kiss, not Ken and Barbie. So, <laughs> so I knew very early, like there's something different about me, but I, I felt so much shame because of the religion. Religious. Yeah. So, and then when I moved with my dad, um, who recently passed away, and my stepmom, um, they're Buddhist. And it was just about love and energy but I already had so much guilt and shame in me. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I ended up moving away from everyone because it's like, I'm ashamed to be who I am in front of you. Although you love me 
unconditionally. Yes. So um, it was just really easy to come out here and, and put the religion to the side and put people's expectation to the side and figure out who I was as a person. So the question is, okay, so you did not come to your parents, come out to your parents till you moved here? Or did they know? I didn't actually come out. So two things. Okay. I didn't actually come out. My sister came out for me. Oh, wow. And uh, she's like, oh, it was a secret? She's like, I was like, yes. And she was like, uh, no, it's not. Have you seen the way you walk? And I was like, really? <laughs> so, I don't know. That, see, so, I don't uh, grasp on that. I, I, that stuff, I, I mean, growing in martial arts, you've seen some of the women around. I mean, mm -hmm, shit, mm -hmm. even some of the guys. I, I, here's the funny story we're going to share, ladies and gentlemen. He's not with us. One day we're going to drag him, but he's a scene. <laughs> One of my black belts, I even had to mess with her. And I was like, so what do you think about him? She's like, what about him? I was like, he's gay. She's like, no, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. He doesn't fit the standard. He doesn't fit the deal. He, he makes us. He looks more straight than us. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and then and then that's what I started to learn. What coming into myself is there is no. So I look gay, okay? Like, and I I, I really don't think so. I purposely no. look gay. I mean, I grew up with people like this, so I don't know what. You, I, I, I try to look as gay as possible because I don't want to be hit on by a man. So, <laughs> but I am sorry you're gonna get guys from after you. I've learned that when I went to Missy B's. What happened? They don't they don't like, don't look at me. They don't I mean, yeah, exactly. And I'm telling them like, bro, you have to be gay to be attracted to me because we look alike. But <laughs> Shannon does not. I was like, he's not gay. He doesn't, he doesn't fit the bill that's in my mind. No, I I, no. I, 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 and and this goes now to what I was getting to, and she just hit it. That, um, what of the word I'm looking for, the, the way we characterize yes, it's horrible. and label it's things. It's horrible. We mm -hmm. can see somebody that is kind of feminine, and then I'm like, oh my God, he got six kids. Um, so we were talking about even the, just the atmosphere in Kansas City in, in, in special. And this is why we're doing this. We will start talking about more about the business, but Donna brought up something uh, uh, true. And... Kansas City gets such a bad rep. Yeah. And there's, of course, there's Kansas, there's Missouri, and there's Kansas City. The city itself it's should be pulled out by itself. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So as we speak about, when we talk about, you know, just culture, gender, race, and all that other stuff, it really doesn't matter down here. No. I mean, that's, that's why you felt more comfortable to I, be in the city. I recently went to California, and I'm walking around thinking, like, could I hold my partner's hand out here? I feel so comfortable in Kansas City. Like, it's, it's so much love. I can be gay and be safe in Kansas City. People are accepting you. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Especially yes. in the city. It's, it's, it really has changed over the years. Yes, absolutely. And um, so what we're talking about, uh, bringing up the stories about <laughs> uh, when we got to educate some folks. Omar had a, 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 a fun <laughs> one. What, was that Mexico or DR? No, DR. So but, I was... I was I, in the resort. Dominican Republic, yeah, ladies and, and gentlemen. Uh, just met this couple. They were annoying as fuck. And they kept talking to us. By the way, sorry, ladies and gentlemen. There's something about him. I don't know if it's his know. face. You attract the noise. He has a <laughs> magnet. No, here's what he attracts, though. This, this is this how I've known him for so many years. And when he texts me, I was like, it's only you. It's fucking you. <laughs> so for some reason, he always get the bumpkin. Oh, yeah. Tactical 
I call them tactart. You know the guys yeah. that walk around, they think they're always yeah. in a shooting range? Yeah. yeah. That, that. And they got some supposed law enforcement or whatever yep. bullshit going on in, in let's oh, say yeah. that they're doing a militia, whatever that crap. Yeah. <laughs> and I know because he had his background in being in Iraq and being in the wars and that, I don't know if they pick something. And they're like, let's just get bigoted as hell, sit by him. <laughs> no, literally. And he'll be texting me and filming them. And I'm like, do they know who you are? Do they know your, your culture? You have that vibe. That no, no, so, so yeah, I don't know. Here's what happens. So this guy comes up and meets us with his wife. And he starts telling me about guns. I'm like, nothing about me says anything guns or anything like that. So yeah. I just nod, nod, nod. And we get up and move on. So we're at the nightclub of the resort. And we're at the bar and having shots with two girls and a guy. Yeah. And this guy comes, the earlier the guy comes in, all concerned, taps me on the shoulder and he goes, we have to talk immediately. And I'm like, what just happened? Like, something must have happened. I'm really drunk. I can't even stand straight. And I'm like, okay, what's up? So me and my wife walk outside with him and he goes, I just got to tell you this. I'm like, what? He goes, the guy you're standing next to is homosexual. And I was like, <laughs> and the problem is what exactly? And I, I was really I don't confused. Think he ever I was like, by Instagram or social media before. No, no, I wouldn't say that. No, no, no I was like really confused by the statement. I was like, do you know me? Do you know yes. who my friends are? Do you know what I do for a living? Like, what can I help you with? And he's like, I was just letting you know. Like, be concerned. I'm like, okay, we're just gonna you move know, forward. It, it was the weirdest interaction. But here's something I want to ask you, though. This is interesting because we were talking about which we're going to bring about what we're telling Don about when we do the um, <clears throat> the domestic violence uh, seminars, many you do, and how people like two Arabs are doing domestic violence. So did he know you're an Arab? Maybe that's why he came and said that to you. Yeah, but he was okay, more. So he was more. He, he passed the judgment thinking all Arabs yeah, hate homosexuals exactly. and women. But but it's 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 first of all the gay, the biggest gay parade, by the way, is in Tel Aviv. I didn't know that. The, seriously, I, the biggest I will one. be there. Second one, Lebanon. Second, Lebanon. Second one is Lebanon. Lebanon. No, they compete. No, they, yeah, you should be single year. if you go there. Okay. Oh, yeah, they compete every day. <laughs> <laughs> he can't go. He's bad. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. In, in Beirut, no, listen, in Beirut I've been to Beirut. There's more gay clubs than anywhere else in the, in the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Beirut is literally like every gay, between gay club and gay club, there's a gay club. And they're very open. And I'm like, so you're, what's your vision of Arabs? Like, your, your vision of Arabs is what? What and, CNN and Fox News yeah, made us look like. Yes, happened in Mexico, exactly. but it happened actually by a gay couple. They were holding hands and talking to me. And I was, they were like, where are you from? And I said, Iraq. And they immediately like, go up there and each other's hands. Oh. And I was like, dude, like, what? were they Mexicans? You know what's no, no, they were Arab. And I was like, Oh, down, like, we're going to rat. Oh, yeah. and that's, down, that's like, another yeah, thing. Care, like, when we said the cultural similarity. Yeah. Oh. So this is something we, we've experienced. So some of, our new generation blends in. Mm -hmm. And to me, when people look at me, especially me, they don't know what the hell I am. Mm -hmm. They're like, I'm something, but they don't know what it is. So I go around, and me and him usually whisper, and we'd be talking, and then we hear them speaking Arabic. We get excited, and if they were gay, or just say a single dude dating a single woman, mm -hmm. as soon as they find they're Arab, we're Arab they'll stop touching they each other. Out, yeah. You know what? We're, and I'm like, what is a... We're conditioned. I, I um, recently took on a part-time job for fun. I love it. But I work with quite a few Muslim people. Yeah. And I find myself, they, the people I work with are the coolest fucking people you will ever work with. Yeah. But I find myself not talking about my relationships or sexuality because in my mind, I automatically assume you will condemn it. Yeah. I have not given these people a chance at all. So finally, a couple of nights ago, like one of them asked me, like, do you date? And I'm like, yeah, you know. Uh, I date women, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, tell me about her. And I'm like, what? Like, See, no, <laughs> like no. you know, it's I'm conditioned to think a certain way. Exactly, and it's yeah. it's as an adult, you have to make the choice to rewrite that story. No, exactly. You know, it's, it's not just a religion. There are people in this religion who have 
individual feelings, thoughts, and practices and beliefs. You exactly. Know? I mean, just think about me. When people first they see me, and then they find out what I do for a living. Yeah. What I teach, and I then do. they find my background. Like, hell no, we're not gonna tell him what. If I, mean. I looked at your title, I would I would think homophobe <laughs> until I uh, walked into your business, and I was like. I'm home, blood. Yeah, and, and I tell you, I get it all the time. Me and him, anytime we travel, literally, the labeling starts. Like, they can tell. And once we start integrating, like, it, we went to Miss B's this weekend. Everybody just looked like, I'm like, God yeah. damn it, we're still oh, on. Like yeah, yeah. yeah like, it took them a while. I just want to dance. Yeah, <laughs> it, it took them a while till they saw us. We're like, hey, and we're talking. Yeah. And, 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 and you know what? We have to go out of our way, and it's fine. It is not, when I say out of our way, it sounds like an obligation. No, to start interacting. We do have an obligation, so, though. As humans, like yes. if, as an evolved human, you have an obligation to learn, to travel, and to understand different cultures. And not just the culture, understand individuals. Yeah, what I was, yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. What I'm saying, we push out to talk yes. to random people suddenly because you can feel the tension. And you know, sometimes, I'm, the ones that know us, know us, mm -hmm. but the others will be like, you know, here think, comes these guys I bearded up and all that. It's like people are perceived images. Yeah. You know, like you, you might not know me perceive an image about me or vice versa. And that's the problem. People perceive these images based on they don't know the person. They've never interacted with that culture. So they oh, might yeah. be like, oh, I've never talked to an Arab. I don't know how they feel about this. So I might, I, Fox told me that they might kill me. So I'm yep. going to avoid this conversation. Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's. And then when we have that conversations, people are like, hold on, they're cool people. Like, You're exactly it's, it's, right. And this yeah. is why I keep saying our cultures have so much similarities, even with the labeling between the Middle Eastern cultures of African-American. And I don't care what they want to paint it here. They literally, and I will say it, shit the shit out of our reputation. Like yes. literally, yeah. they say, this is what they do. What is blacks? Let's be honest. Let's put it out there. What do they think blacks are? They're drug dealers or drug addicts. Violent, the shit. Violent, aggressive. aggressive. Yeah. They're always stealing. They're always broke. They beat the shit out of their women. What did they say about us Arabs? Terrorists. Homophobes. Terrorists. Homophobes. Beat the hell out of our women. Yeah. We don't give women rights. Yeah. All of that. And it's funny. Omar the other day put up, and all of these guys just went dumb, quiet. And I was like, yeah, touch it. I'm like, I'm poking. I want somebody to say something. When they talk about the Middle East, can you believe the last, uh, what was it, the Emirates? That, uh, yeah, the first mission to Mars, the Arab mission to Mars. 82% of the people working the the, NASA, the Arab NASA in Emirat was women. Women. 82%. Wow. First Arab wow. women like, was women. Wow. Program that was set up. I would never yeah. see. And I'm ignorant like, to that. People don't know. Like our Iraqi parliament, the Iraqi government is shitty as fuck, but 22% are women. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, not even the U.S. Senate has 22% representation right. of women. Right. But you're shitting on us. Yeah. I posted the other day and they couldn't believe it. My aunt is one of the prominent writers yeah. and did a whole poet while the Prince himself, an old man attended, a woman held the stage. Wow. Yeah. She was holding the stage, not even covered, See? and read everything she wrote, and all stood up, give her a standing ovation in the heart of Saudi Arabia. This is why I said if I ever had children, I would turn off the TV and travel with them. Yep, 100%. You learn more about know. people yeah. with traveling, yes. you know, than, than just what Fox News tells you and CNN tells you, and yeah. they label it, and they're like, what the hell? And as much as we know that they perpetuate a certain story, we still tune in. 
I don't no. know if it makes sense. No, 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 absolutely. It's, 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 we have to see what's going on. But I mean, realistically speaking, it's not gonna, it's not a selling story if they tell you an Arab guy loves his children and bake the cake. Right, like, no. So, no, they show you the red <laughs> of the Arab one. They're like, he wants to kill everybody and uh, blow up. Yes, and then they, that they, sounds right. They're not gonna show you a, a black dude walking his dog. They're exactly. like, oh, we're gonna show you a guy who's just killed six people. Exactly. Like, it, it sells news. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's what they do. They bring the rednecks and the shitty people from this culture and shitty people, and they just put them on TV, and they're like, everybody's like that. I'm like, yes. no, no, no. The Arabs you see on TV are rednecks. Yes. They're rednecks of the Arab world. That's our rednecks. We don't even understand. Like, half the time when they're speaking, I'm like, what are they talking? I don't understand what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's not even Arabic. They're you, like, you know how deep this runs? Like, as I think, I like to think I'm pretty evolved. I've traveled. Like, I've, I've opened a place of love. And right now, I have a free ticket to Dubai. And I was telling my coworker, who's, who's Muslim, and I said, um, well, I know I could go, but I don't want to go because I don't think that I would be accepted, like, as far as my sexuality and my look. And she looked at me and started laughing. And she she hasn't been around my family down yeah, there. Yeah, like, she started laughing. She's like, that is one of the most accepting places you it can is. ever When go time to. comes and we're down there, you're coming. All right, I'm coming. So okay. you got a ticket, good, because yes. we're planning. We're just waiting for this no, no, COVID but it, but disaster to wait. You'll be shocked. Like, yes. I'm, I'm married to an Arab, but she was born and raised in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And one time we were going to a wedding in Detroit, an Iraqi wedding, and she's like, what am I supposed to wear? I said, what do you mean? Your clothes. Your clothes, your dress. And she's yeah. like, but it's an Arab wedding. And I'm like, well, what does that have to mean? Yeah. And she's like, do I dress conservatively? Do I dress, I'm like, wear whatever you want. Yeah. And she wore whatever she wants, and she went, and she's like, oh my God, I'm surprised. I've never been to, an, she's Arab, yeah. but she's never been to an Arab wedding. And she's like, what the hell? People are actually dressed normal. People are drinking and partying hey, and doing well, drugs. Hey, I do and, it in my culture. There, like, there's been weddings, funerals, and things I did not attend because I'm a masculine-centered woman. And I'm like, nah, they're all Baptists. I ain't going to this. Like, <laughs> they don't want me to wear a dress. I've I ain't doing same. that shit. I'm good. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, like, at some point, you just realize that you have to unapo unapologetically be yourself. Exactly. No yeah. matter how people, you know, receive you. Yeah. So what do you think is the biggest challenges of coming out and, and being a business owner? Do you perceive people coming out, first of all, and be like, hey, I want a male barber? And hey, I don't want a gay barber. The culture, my understanding, by the way, um, I want to bring this because we kind of jumped up on stuff. The culture of barbershop, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, to us, where we come from, the African-American barbershop gives us a little bit of comfort of back home. Yes. yes. And I tell yeah. you why. Community-based. Community, based. community yeah. chat, you talk. In yeah. the Arab uh, culture, barbershop is our man time. It's yeah. like, you know, where yeah. we're going, we're going to hang. And it's not about when I say man times, you know, just man, man. But yes. it's just us out of home. I literally will be sitting and we're catching up. Yes. Yeah. And, and when I moved here in 1996, and I went to all these, whatever, clips or whatever. I'm like, yeah. man, <laughs> I feel like I'm in a great clips. McDonald's. <laughs> I don't know much. You get the number one. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So I went to California. And I went to a little with my Samoan folks. And I'm like, yo, I need to get my hair cut. And I told my great clips and all the Samoans looked at me like, bro, yeah. you crazy? How much you pay? I was like, I don't know. I just moved here in 1996 and I can't understand this. They took me, can you believe one took me to Compton? I went to Compton. For my, what up? And it was the best experience I ever had. And I looked at the guys and I said, um, these folks, Remind me back home. It's just our the attitude. Are different. 
like I, I just got uh, ran into at a barber shop in San Diego, and our barber shop they do tattoos. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I had a face mask while smoking hookah, and people are chatting. Like yes. seriously, I had a full face mask while I'm <laughs> conversating. And, like yeah. it's it's more of like go chill there for two three hours. You're gonna do a face mask. You're gonna get waxed. You're gonna get a tattoo, and you're gonna talk yeah. about random <laughs> things and yeah. have relationship yeah. advice, and then get out. Yep. So, do you yep. think, so do you have that vibe here? Do you do you think it's challenging for men to open up? Yeah, so I have to shout out who I think is my, my barber mentor. It's uh, Joe's 63rd Street Barbershop. Joe had like the quintessential community-based barbershop. It was, if you didn't have a father, you're, you're gonna find a father here. You know, if you didn't have a, a brother figure, you're going to find one here. If you didn't have a husband figure, you're going to find one here. Um, it was great, but it was, and this is not a diss on him. This is the way traditional barbershops are structured. That is the best barbershop I could have been in at the time for what I was going through. It was also very misogynistic and very homophobic. So I knew when I, when I, and again, it was not him at all. It is the community and the culture that we were built on. So I knew when I opened mine, I was like, God, I want to implement all the things that Joe did. Like Joe loved people. He's given away turkeys. He's given away money. If you come in without shoes, he's taking his off to give them to you. I want all those things. But I want the flaming gay man to come in here and feel comfortable. I want the super masculine woman to, to come in here and feel comfortable, like no matter what. So I just kind of took those things and made it my own. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, like you were saying, did I feel comfortable or how would I act? I decided the mask I had to wear in the corporate world, I was not going to do here. Mm -hmm. And one day I woke up and I was like, God, I'm tired. It was my first shop. I was, I was building out. I was still working in the corporate world. I was so tired. And it was like my, my first day of opening. And I said, I'm really tired, but at the very least, I don't have to put on a front. It was comforting. It was like, I, only thing I have to do is show up and cut. I don't have to pretend to be anything else. Sounds familiar. Huh? Yeah, yes. and I'm just like, oh, yeah. my God, I, I think I got something. <laughs> <laughs> so as time went on, I just kept going with that, with that theme, like, you can walk in any way you want to be, but accept that this is what this is. I was about to say, you are one, and I got to say something here, and this is my observation as a person, and you guys can disagree or agree if you want to. You're very welcome to it. This is what we do. I felt what Donna did different. She is very accepting to all. Yes. So let some, me... Some. There's one let, rule. Yeah, yeah, well, Don't be an asshole. That's <laughs> not an acceptance. That's just like, get the fuck out of here. That's yes. what I do. I, yes. I mean, that's the motto of my gym. You're a dipshit, you're going to be thrown out of the Yeah, door. it's not going to work that, here. That's the way it yeah. is. But what I have observed of you that you do more differently, especially being a minority, and I'm saying you hit the old every, minority. Every Yeah, I, I mean, women, African-American, <laughs> and, and, you yeah. know, just lesbian. Yeah. You also make it comfortable, even for the straight man to come in that oh, has God, yes. no issues yes. with anything, but wants to come in for a cut. Because I watched you, and I'm observing, <laughs> and I've watched you even go out of your way when someone comes in, and you can tell there's a shock when they come in. They're like, first off, I don't have a beard. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're the owner, and so, I'm black, and I'm a woman. They're, they are not expecting. So that, that's a shock. So exactly. 
And I've seen, honest to God, the one down there, this one already established. This is Donna. This is Donna's yes, home. Yeah, yes. different. Down there, she was just starting up. And it's right on the main street. Yes. So it's more open right to go Broadway. in. Here you have to know her to yeah. come in, which is good because you reach a certain level in business. As I did in my business, you have to know us to come up there. Oh, God. We're not obvious anymore. Yeah. You have to know where we have to come up yeah. there. And that's how I want it. That's how you Me become too. established. Yes. And you are. So I noticed but when my observation over the years down there, she has never put an unfriendly vibe to anyone coming from the door. Yeah. I'm literally, I always laugh. When I'm getting done and I'm watching the shock atmosphere and the dude walks in like, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like, come on in, there's a party going on. And man, they become life of uh, customers and successfully she has done that. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, I'm so grateful because not only have I not felt any like ill feelings towards anyone I've cut, and we've had thousands of people walk through, um, I have only had to put one person out. And it wasn't because like he was, uh, belligerent or anything it was just like you're you're higher than i would like to uh <laughs> to be around like you you are high on something else so i invite you to never come back to my shop yeah, I get it. anyone else um we we have been able to like really co-create uh energy with anyone mm -hmm. and it's it's lovely it's but lovely. that's part of being part of the community casey yes, yes. yeah and they don't have the same views as me um if you're a Trump supporter, I have this rule. I will not, 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 not convince you not to be racist, convince you not to be a bigot. That is your prerogative. That's but I want to understand, to an extent, why you are that way and how you can come into my shop, look me in the face, and vote against my best interests, and you like me as a person. Like, if anything, I'm going to convince you, like, you, you really don't fuck with me like that. <laughs> like, but I would never turn someone away based on their views. Um, you know where you are. You know how far to go on your views. But, you know, you are welcome to express them in any way, shape, or form. And we receive it. Because I may, I may learn something from you. I may learn something from myself about you. Doesn't mean, like, I'm going to implement it in my life. But I may learn something that's like, okay, I understand how this person thinks. Mm -hmm. you know, so, I mean, it's the same. When people get to know us, like w w when they talk about us, oh, what are you guys, you're voting with? We're like, we vote whatever we're. Or I'm like, if I had told people, it's like, I have a history of voting conservative. But he's like, here's my reasons. Yes. When he talks about him, he's like, I'm like, I'm not, I'm flat out. He's like, anti woman, I'm not anti woman. Look at him. But he said, I got these certain things. Yeah. But here's the thing is, people are not honest. <clears throat> Let me, themselves, uh, number one. That's Trump one. conservative. Yeah. Huh? Not Trump conservative, just FYI. No, I didn't say that. So that's kind of that, but there's a difference because, of course, when you say the word conservatism, now it goes extreme. You say liberal, it goes to extreme. And this is the there's danger. A middle ground. <laughs> Thank you. And there's this danger. We came out from countries that had the extremes. I've witnessed it. I've witnessed the good times and I've witnessed the hard, hard times and how ugly humanity can become. Yeah. And I never want that. Nor I want it for my child. Yeah. And unfortunately he had to view some. Yes. Not to the extreme, but he did. I think it was to the extreme. Yeah, I mean I know he'd been to the yeah. stuff, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was just kind of few to some of the things I've seen, but yes, I mean, but that being said. I do believe in balance. Yes. And that's what I 
commend you. I mean, this is what I actually not commend. I was like, what I really cheer you on is the balance you brought in. Thank you. Thank Especially you. to this industry. And this is why I want to bring the focus back to the barber industry is misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And it's also labeled one way. It is not labeled the different others. Same with martial arts. When people see me, they think I'm just fucking tactical. I got guns and axes all over my fucking head. <laughs> you're a teddy bear. I, here we go. No, don't, but you also beat somebody's ass. <laughs> <Don't let that laughs> yeah. I'm not going to make money that way. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> you're loving, but you'll, you'll, you'll beat somebody's ass. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> but see, that's the thing. And when certain people start knowing me, like, here's like, Oh my God! You, no, like but, but you know, you know what the thing is. It's the same with Amikosu Kachau. Roman is a gun instructor. Yeah, I'm, and everybody will think he's the one with a bazooka shooting at the flags and everything and going crazy. And not I'm like, carrying he's it literally up. the total opposite. <laughs> yeah. When they see his woman, they even left him. He's like, that dude is married to that woman. I was like, yeah, what's wrong? He's like. I wouldn't have imagined. I was like, I know. She takes control of everything. Margie has her own ways. We just sit in the back of the room and like, yes, dear. Sure. <laughs> Let's have a good I moved here in 2009. Yes. And I think a lot of in America, whether barbershops or general culture, is either black or white. Yes. And what I mean by that is, if you're an alpha male, you have to be douchebag. If you're uh, this way, yes. you have to be this way. Yes. And if you're tattooed up, you're a thug. If you're this and that, like... That's why I came up with my like Instagram handle or my name, Thug with PhD. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I look thuggish, but I have a PhD. Yes. I'm educated. Yes. But it doesn't have to be black and white. And a lot, like our barbershops, when I say our, meaning Middle Eastern barbershops, I was in San Diego, literally there were, there were a drag queen getting makeup done. And a guy getting, yeah, and there was, there was a guy getting yeah. a tattoo. I, I, a told you, I couldn't believe it. I was so Everybody's chilling. I was sending videos to Falas. Yeah. But that's the environment. The, the, like, for us, it's two rules. Barbershops and nightclubs. Yeah. You leave all your politics and religion behind. Yes. And you come in, yes. whether you're a gangster or you're a doctor, you take your gun out and you walk in and you have fun Just and get enjoy. the fuck out. But that's not common in America. I've been to a lot of barbershops and it's like one way or the other. Or you walk into a club and it's one way or the other. And I think you, what we're trying to say here is you embraced that acceptance for all. It's so funny you say that because my first shop, uh, my friend Will was, <laughs> he was getting a haircut and my nephew walked in as a Big 300 pound, six foot male, okay? Cut his hair, trimmed him up. He walked out as a drag queen, and Will was like, Oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's, that's the kind of environment we have is like, whatever your, um, your views are, your political views or whatever, mm -hmm. lay them down when you get in here and just experience people. Exactly. Because you'll have a different view. You know, and it, it may choose, it may lead you to vote differently. It may lead you to treat someone differently. It's all relative. It's all important. You That's know, like it's. I was right next door to Hamburger Mary, so I think my customers um, had a lot of frat boys, um, had a lot of CEOs, and I had a lot of drag queens because I'm right next door to Hamburger Mary's, mm -hmm. and we found a way to just uh, collaborate and, and enjoy each other's presence at the moment. You know, when you walk out the doors, I can't, I don't know what you're going to turn into. But exactly. when you're in these doors, like, you're just going to love on the people that are here. You know, speaking of drag queens, and it's funny, um, I'll speak something from history. And believe it or not, the music. Guys, help me out. My memory is bad. My brain is just terrible sometimes, as I age even. Oh, headshots. Anyway, <laughs> um, what was that guy? Uh, Boy George. Karma mm -hmm. Camille. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell you a story. I grew up, I lived in England with my dad. So that music was all over. Mm -hmm. Come Chameleon and all that stuff. So to me growing up, it did not, I looked at him and I was like, oh, 
you got to understand, England in the 80s looked way different than what it is now. Yeah. So we had something called punks, which the guys with the mohawk and the chains, and they were terrible. Different than what it is now. There's now you're like, what are you? And they just look at you. Here's the guy with the mohawk. I was like, that used to give a weird vibe exactly, when I grew yeah. up. Those are the ones who pull out the switchblade knives and all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So it's funny. So when Boy George was around, I looked at him and I was like, well, I was a little bit as a kid looking at it. I was like, well, that's some guy with a makeup. I, I never understood yeah. it. Yeah. Never had an issue. I have the most, believe it or not, open, loving parents ever. As my father, you know, you know, we had our thing, but what I'm saying is he still has that open-mindedness about other people's sexuality. He told me, he was like, well, I got to tell you something, son. You know, yeah, because he loves his music, too, and I listened on my back of the day. We had those big records, you know, and I was like running around singing that shit. So anyway, he told me, because he knows I always liked, I did, I got martial arts because of my grandma. I love boxing. That was the first thing I got into. He's like, he's a good boxer. I'm like, huh? And he was like, no, he's like, I've been in a place where he beat the shit out of people because his dad was a boxer. 20, 30 years later, down the road, I meet my mentor. He bodyguarded for him, and he told me he witnessed, and they were the bodyguards for Boy George. He couldn't get involved in one situation in England. He beat the shit out of drag queens that were hitting on him. And here's Boy George boxing the hell out of everyone. Yep. But here goes to the idea. When people say, oh, just the drag queen. I was like, Hey, you never know who you're messing with. I tell Doesn't people, their lifestyle represent their skills or yes, their mentality? I, I tell my straight male friends all the time, don't fight no gay men. No, no, no. especially drag queens. Oh, number one, they've been fighting their whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. They have nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. You have your machismo oh. to lose. Yeah. Like, don't fight no gay men. I, I gave you money, Spears. <laughs> so when I was living and working in Miami, we worked at a club, and I'm not bringing the name up, but the club was like almost where the movie The Birdcage was based on. Mm -hmm. And me and my homie back in the day, he was like six foot three, six foot four, uh, black dude, funny as hell. He was fine. So every time there was a part in the damn uh, at night where they say it's raining men, so we have to take our jackets <laughs> and swing. I know, me standing doing this. I tell you, but I have had I them. I don't want to see I, I know, she's, she's, she's like laughing. We look like from the movie Twins, like Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And we have to hold the jackets and do this while it's going. But the funny part about this, those motherfuckers have backed me up in fights. Oh, yeah. More than any yeah. man or woman. I got in a position one day, I threw this dude out. I did not know he was some gang crap. Mm -hmm. Then six of them came. I had 20 drag queens behind me standing. And I'm like, do you What's know, up? <laughs> do you know how confident you have to be to walk out in this world oh, with yeah. full face makeup as, I, a, oh, exactly. as a six foot You beat me to it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And they were all six foot plus, of course, at the heels. And they were like pulling their wigs. I was like, are we going to do this? Oh, they're getting down. Hey, it was fun. That fight did not happen. That fight did not yeah. happen. And I wish the phones pull... existed because that would have been so viral. Listen, they would like... pull the hammer out on your ass in exactly. a hey, heartbeat. Man, all I heard was, Frosty, we got this. And I'm like, all right, yeah. let's go. Back to the judgmental thing. Like, I, I teach guns. Mm -hmm. And I told you that yes. I've had more lesbians, gay dudes, and transsexuals get concealed carry permits than anybody else. Because and people are like, oh no, the only people who have guns are uh, white dudes who look like this no, and that. I'm like, no, 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 that gay dude you're fucking with is yes. gonna shoot your ass because I trained him. Yes. And I'm like, I know that for a fact, like that's the most people I have. 
that attend the classes, and I'm like, I attended, and I attend Krav. I attend yeah. Krav's class, mm -hmm. and so I'm training guns, training hand-to-hand -hand combat because I was like, I'm. You've been fighting all your life. Yeah, like there's gonna, in my mind, there's gonna be some dude. I date beautiful woman. He's gonna challenge me. And I'm gonna have to fuck him up. Like, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. like that's, in my not. mind, that's what it is. Yeah, it's I, like I'm I, ready. And it goes to madness, just like she said. Don't mess with them. They've been fighting all their whole life. Yeah, yeah you gotta be I, so I agree confident. 100%. So go into that now. Before we step into deeper, deeper when it comes to business, what has been the challenges for you as a woman, as a black woman, and as a lesbian? When you decided, I'm going to do a, a spot, because right now, you're known here. I am. You are known. Thank you are the queen you. of Thank when you, it comes Kansas to that. City. Yep. But I know as I struggled, because I had to step my foot in and expose, and I was like, no, I'm not going to be like these bullshitters. Yeah. I am open a place for everyone, and I promise you, I will make everyone fight and learn how to fight. And yeah. look at what I did. Yeah. So what have, you, what have you faced to get to the position that made... Donna's whiskey barbecue. Tell us just before she answers, you do kick people out. Yeah, you, yeah. I remember you, you rejected a guy on the phone who called and said, do, do you have gay men training? I don't want to train with them. He's a pastor. And he said, don't come. I remember the guy. Yes. He said, don't yes. come. Yes. He's like, I'm a pastor. Is there gay men? He's like, uh, don't come. Yes. Yeah, but, but come. that's Love different. That. That's no. Yes. No, that's no. Yes. I didn't welcome everyone. I welcome, but yeah, I get it. Same I, thing. I don't welcome everyone. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. everyone. No, but, that yeah. idiot. Oh, my God. It's, I can't believe he even called me. You remember that one? Yeah, the pastor. It's the same thing, and I know I am going to catch so much flack for saying oh, this. Oh, we all do that every time, yeah. It's my own people. It is my own people. Uh, the most flack I've caught was from black people. Who's our number one uh, against us, our partners? The Palestinians. <laughs> and, and you know what? Uh, I, don't, I don't blame them. Um, when you grow up black, you grow up in a fraternity, sorority type of environment where this is how we think. Cult. This is how, uh, yeah, cultish. It is cultish. This is yeah. how we move. And yes, I am black all day long, but I'm an individual first. And I make my own rules. Exactly. And just so happens, 70% um, of my clientele are white males. But you know what? It's white males who are allies, who want to learn, who um, are accepting of all. So a lot of times I get, you cater to white people. And I'm like, no, I cater to an energy. And there's no color with energy. Exactly. This is a learning environment, learning teaching environment. So if we have people who want to come in and collaborate, and this is my culture, let me understand your culture, you can ask all the questions you want here. Like Google some shit first. Like don't ask me what the Tulsa riots are. Like yeah. come with some information first, and yeah. you know, ask me some questions. But um, yeah, that's, that's been my biggest pitfall is my own people saying this should be a safe place for your people. And I'm like, I, I, again, I hit 46 minorities. They what do. are my people? You know? yeah, that, that's so. what, that, that, I was going to say, I mean, it's really funny. See, again, we go back to the similarity of cultural behavior. Yeah. This is the same. What you said is what he gets yes. and what I get. Yeah. On a daily, if I ever, until this day, I resisted. Because, like we talk about feeding into negative energy. Yeah. If I ever show my DMs, or he pull his DMs out, 
it would literally make my culture look like a bunch of animals. And it's not that. And it's it's not, an extremist. It, it is. And thank it is you. extremist. But that's what I say. I refuse to put it because I'm not going to f- uh, uh, let the few be the, f- the, the answer majority. to all yes. of my majority because we're not like this. And let me just say, and I hate to have to do this, but let me like pull out my credentials, like <laughs> my black car credentials. My stepmother is a PhD in ethnic studies, Chicano studies, black studies, women's studies. Wow. This is a woman I was raised by. Oh, wow. You know, like, I'm black, black. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I support black businesses, all those things. But I'm also an individual. And because of the things that I like to do as far as hobbies and, and moving around, my friends tend to be white males. It's just by design. Like, I want a kayak. Like, we going in the hair wet. Like, <laughs> you know, I want to do all these things. And it just so happens I'm, I'm country as fuck. Like, I want to hunt and fish. Mm-hmm. And most of the people that were, I was around were white males. And I appreciate it because they showed me a different side of life. They showed me, like, this is the smallest thing, but um, my white friends just dance and they can't dance. Okay? I can't dance either. But I, I can't, I can't. That, that's, I love because like, I was like, that's, here we go. That's, that's, a point, that's a point off of my black card. But, <laughs> but I would never dance in the club, and my white friends were like, live your life. Look exactly. at us. And I'm like, thank you. Like, it's thank you. Talk, yeah. Yeah, that's one so, thing I got to agree. Yeah. And I said it to one of my friends. I have a friend, conservative, Christian, but guess what? He loves me. Yep. And that dude, if I ever pick up a phone, I was like, Steve, I'm going to stand up. That son of a bitch will come down with his Ford 150. Yeah, he's there for it. He is so, he taught me something that I know when I grew up here, because I've been around, I don't know you on the label, rednecks or whatever. I don't like labels, but they've loved me who who I am. Yes. And I gave the same to them. And I would really, if a text goes off, these sons of bitches will be in front of my house. Like if something happened to me, I know my friend Steve will take care of my son. And you see, this and this shows you what we're saying. Excuse me, excuse me for interrupting mm-hmm. you. Like I said, he comes total opposite polar. Yeah. Hunter, c- proud country boy. Yes. Christian, but he's so respectful and loving. Yes. He never so once I've heard him say anything negative. If he doesn't know, he asks me. He's like, all right. I see this, and he will look me mad. Yeah. Explain it to me. Yeah. That's I've never be. heard that man or his family ever. Speak down about minorities. Yeah, and and that's not to say like don't get me wrong. My African American friends are so loving mm-hmm. on a different level. Um, my friend Tay, like he stepped up and he's taught me things. He knows my father passed away. He's been a, a very good influence in my life. Yeah. So it's not to say like I don't have black friends or I'm discounting them. I'm just saying because I've also accepted different cultures, I've kind of been ostracized. The success of whiskey beer. Mm-hmm. What is the success of Wixu What is Donna's recipe of success? You know what? I've I've had Other than we are love and all that. What is No, it's not other than that's it. That is it. Really? I've had people come to me and say like, I need a six month plan before I quit my job and I need to save up a year. No, fuck that. Like, you need to meditate, you need to listen to your inner voice and fucking follow it. The end. Like, everything you want is upstream. If it's hard, I I was raised with this um, 
Hard work pays off. Girl, you fight for what you want. Fuck all that. Like you, you're <laughs> for real. Like you're going against your inner self, your inner source, your inner God, whatever you call it. Yes. Do what's easy. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. If it feels good, fucking do it. But if, still, want to go back to the question: What is Donna's success? My success is listening to my inner source. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I was working a corporate job, and I remember when I quit this job. My district manager was like, I'm worried about you. You're going to starve. Like, you make X I was making fantastic money. Like, enough money to do whatever I wanted to do. And she's like, you have no business plan. You have nothing. And I was like, but my inner source is saying, quit. (laughs) My inner source is saying, open the shop. I never skipped a beat. The only thing I did, I meditated. I got the name. I got... Uh, the memberships, you know, through meditation, yep. and I just kept following it. I kept following the good feeling. I know people want to hear me say, like, I have an MBA, and I saved a year, uh, and I invested in stocks, and but I didn't do none of that shit. I quit my job. I quit my job, and I listened to myself, and it was just like, create memberships. Done. Memberships got me through the pandemic. Like, these people really took care of me. And it was like, create an environment of love. Done. From the first day I opened the doors, I never I never went without. Like, I never advertised. Uh, people have tried to sell me, like, what is it, SEOs? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, crap. yeah, search engine, whatever. Yeah, like, do yeah. This. I didn't do any of yeah. that shit. I never Same put out you. a single advertisement. The only thing I did was listen to myself. I, I meditated to listen to my inner voice. And it said, go this way. And I followed that voice. You dived head first into the, the risk. Balls first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. But it was a risk. Oh, God, yes. Yes. Do you think it paid off? Listen, I think about stripping every three months. <laughs> <laughs> but it's paid hey, off. There's a text goes yeah. between us. I'm like, it's going to be today. Yeah, She's I'm, like, what is it, coach? <laughs> I'm going to hit the OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah. It's coming. OnlyFans is coming. I'm about to be down in Baklava like every, every three months, but. Of course, like, I get human. I get afraid. Yep, yep. I go into like my lowest, you know, vibration. It's paid off. I have, I have not missed a beat. Um, I tell people that I have two two vibrations. Either I'm Pablo Escobar, or I'm a stripper. Like it depends <laughs> on the month. But <laughs> but, uh, but you know when you do the numbers. That should be a shirt. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Pablo Escobar's only fans yes. Make that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but when I go through the numbers, I've made a lot more than I would in the corporate world. Yeah. And I, I tell just, people, not just that. You know what you mean? Hmm. Look at the connection. I got freedom. The city I got knows you, man. I love people. They love yeah. me. And I wrote in my journal one day. I said, "I'm going to travel this world on someone else's dime." And my name will be spoken in a positive way in rooms that I've never stepped in. You're there. It's happened. Now, granted, it didn't happen the way I thought it would, but it's happened so much better than I thought it would. I thought some company was going to pay me to teach people to cut hair. It didn't turn out like that. Some company paid me to show up for a few hours uh, a week to clean a plane, and they're like, you have unlimited flying. Cool. You see me for five hours, and I have unlimited flying. It wasn't the way I thought it was. Yeah. But it was so much better. So it's rewriting that story in your mind that you think this is success looks like graduating college at 22, yeah. getting married, 
having three kids, that wasn't success to me. Success was, you know, like frolicking around Kansas City and, you know, uh, flying for free and showing up a day at a time in Miami, like that, and having a staff that absolutely supports my vision to the point where I don't really have to step foot in my business. I call them, I support them on, online. I don't have to step foot here. Like that ended up being success. So I had to get used to looking at a different story. So I know that's not what people want to hear, but that's what it is. You can plan all you want, but unless you're in touch with like your inner source and saying this is, this is the route of least resistance, it's not going to feel good. It's true. I feel like a lot of businesses or new businesses that come up and I've seen few uh, they spend more time planning. They're like, we'll spend six months doing a website oh, and three yes. months projecting how much profits we'll make. Yes. And then we'll project yep. what we do with these profits. Yes. And then we'll project uh, that this and that. And then they never open. Yes. Or if they do open, they fail because they actually spend more time or planning. Or the business plan idea. I don't have a business plan. I don't think you have a business oh, plan. I didn't. I had somebody explain, you know what? I don't have a business plan. I just took over. Yeah. I've been in business for five years. I don't have a business plan. Yeah. No, I don't either. I don't either. I don't I've, I've never plan. written a sim. The only thing I've written down was in my journal, and no, no. one has seen it. No bank has seen it. No. I have a friend, Dominic. Uh, shout out to her. She's like my spiritual advisor. I won't like go into details about yep. her business, but her and I do a lot of the same things. And she calls me, and she's like, I got a name. And I'm like, okay, well, what'd you do? Oh, I just went to sleep. I got a name. Yeah. I got yep. a plan. I, I got a look. What'd you do? I just meditated. I got a look. Yeah. She is so successful. You may not know what she goes through, you know, within, but the outcome is so successful because she's doing exactly what she wants to do. I, do, I don't do a motherfucking thing all day long. First off, I get up at 10 o'clock. Like, I, I read this thing and it was like, in order to have a successful life, do these rules. Wake up at 6 a.m. That sounds oh, that, like torture. That, no, that, it, that's horrible. There's the one that got this idiot, and I'm not going to bring his name because I'm not going to give him my po our podcast time. But get up at 4 a.m. Do this no, and no, do that. I'm no, like, oh, no, eat a no. shit. Dude, that sounds that, that's, like you're going to have an annual. I never wake up before 10 or 11. I know. Boom. If no. I, Boom. My, if it money my yeah. team knows, you know me. Yeah. He knows me because you guys are close. I was like, anybody calls me, if you're fucking. If my time is not set on fire, yes, or you are set on fire and you call me while you're lit on fire, do not wake me the fuck up at yes. six a.m. Yes. Because no here's the dumb shit about this. First of all, I'm not giving myself excuses. Yeah. But what I've done in my life and what it had done repercussionally to my brain and that, I need minimum eight hours. Yes. And yeah. to be honest with you, when it came to, I started doing this bullshit mm -hmm. because I had an idiot. And no, I should not call him an idiot. I'm the idiot listening to it. So respect to him, he's not. I am for listening to it. So this is where I go with this. And you need this on this up, dude. I did this 5 a.m. shit, and I'm telling you, I did you not felt, you function normal. I did jobs that required me at the spot from seven to seven. Know, but, yes. but you know what the difference? Art. You know what the difference is, and I applaud you for it. This is what true entrepreneurship is about. Mm -hmm. You start, you have a vision, yeah. you Make start it. a business, you start Do it, you let it fucking run. Yeah. Most people, when they think of that word entrepreneurship, they actually end up being employee hired. Yes. They, they employee yes. run the business. And I'm like, well, well, you own the business, but you work 60 hours a week. Exactly. Can you take a vacation? No. Can you go on a day off? No. I know people. I've, I've asked the person, I'm like, can you, you own a store. 
You make $100,000 a weekend. How are you working every day? Perfect. But can you travel? No. Can you take a day off? No. Then you're you're not entrepreneurial. You're a slave. You're a slave to your business. And and I had a guy who told me very early on, uh, one of my clients, and I'm so grateful to the universe because I've met the right people. And he was like, uh, make sure you create a business for yourself and not a job. Exactly. And he's like, if you were not um, functioning in this business, would you still have revenue? And that was very early on, and I took that seriously. And I'm like, I don't want to be the face of Whiskey Beard. Um, my, my barbers are the face. If you ask anyone who is Whiskey Beard, they're going to tell you Thundercat Louise, JoJo, Gavin. We got to drag him in for the camera. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to tell you, and it's to the point where you're like, who owns it? They don't know. Yeah. And that's fine for me. That's fine. That's, that's, that's what I did with fine. my academy. Yes. Yeah. People know me, but honestly, who's been leading? You yes. see Ethan? He got the jiu-jitsu program. I got Tyler doing the yes. MMA and I come in. I didn't I need do, that. No, and that, I'm like you. I needed the freedom. <laughs> but that, that's I, not accepted with the old mentality. Like, no, I, and I, that's the thing. That's ego, and this, that's ego, By the way, this is why I broke up with some mentors. Here we go. She said it. You said something. She said something. Two hit right red. Uh, old mentality and ego. I have broke up with a, I would call it close to almost 15 years of relationship with mentorship, okay? Because I cannot anymore in my life Refuse at the age of 43. I've been teaching for 18 years, self-defense. I've been doing martial arts for 34 years. I did not know till my buddy Dusty pulled, told me and he hit me like a brick. He looked at me and said, do you understand that you've been doing martial arts for 34 years? Mm-hmm. I'm 43. Yeah. And then think about how I'm teaching. I'm like, why the fuck do I have some boomer on my head Telling me about these ways and always every now and you know, let's be honest. When we get these elders talk to us, we get that insecurity check yourself moment. Yes. Is yes. this a fact? Yeah, absolutely. You had it? Yes. I bet you had it. Absolutely. But then I thought this is called to me schizophrenic. And I, why I call it schizophrenic? Because it's almost that flip that I'm like, I start reverting to the old ways of the thinking. Oh, they say this, it should be this. No, fuck off. It's not. Yeah. This is a new time. This is a new generation. And I do believe, yes, it worked great for your time. How long is that going to continue? Because let's be honest, let's look at the country of the, uh, let's look at the state of this country. And I don't want to be political, but let's be honest. Have we had anybody lead us that's uh, below 40? No. No. So I'm talking to people, literally, we have people leading us that do not understand this, 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 this phone right here, ladies and gentlemen, I'm holding an iPhone and I'm showing it on the camera. They don't understand the function of this. Yeah. How I have a 17-year-old, honest to God, I would text him, son, come down, show me this, and explain to me this. Oh, me too. I My would give so him happy. everything. Yeah. And I'm listening. One day there was some wording. I'm like, I don't get this. Can you explain to me and what it does this mean and why? Yeah. Literally, and I get it. Everybody said, oh, you got such a great 17-year-old. What did you do? I made him be him. Yes. I do not want my son to be me. Although, every now and then, I get that kick from my back, from my family, of pushing him. And I'm like, I hold myself back. Because I do not want a spitting image of me. Looks-wise, he is. I don't want him to be me. Never I want him. Because if I do this to him, I've destroyed him. That's so important. That's so important. Even when... In my business, when I was telling my friends like how I want my business to run, 
and my friends have a very successful salon. And um, they were asking me, what do I want? And I said, I was like, it's not feasible. And they're like, no, fuck that. What do you want? And I said, I don't want to come into work before 12 o'clock. Yeah. And they're like, manifest that shit. Exactly. And they're like, what else do you want? And I'm like, I don't really want to cut hair more than two days a week. I love running the business. I don't love cutting hair anymore. And they're like, stop being ashamed of your desires exactly. because people say you should work 10 hours a day and do this. They're like, no, fuck that. Like, I do it because I love it. You don't love it. Exactly. And they're like, talk about exactly what you want. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to show up at work. I want to wake up at 10 o'clock. I want to support you online. I want to give you everything you need, but I don't want to be the face of the business. Exactly. I think people confuse hard work. Hard work is important in the beginning. Yes. To get you there. And I did work we hard. We all worked hard. Yeah. I worked really, really hard to become where I am. Yeah. But now I have family members that call me and they're like, oh, you're traveling all the time. Yeah. You're, Who's you're, running you're your sleeping. business? Who's doing, <laughs> you don't work hard. Oh cousin so and so is making 70 hours a week. Well, cousin so and so is making 20K a year. That's why he's working 70 hours. Yeah, good, good for him. Good for him. <laughs> I don't have to work 70 hours a yes. week. So I'm going to choose to work 10 hours a week yes. and relax. Yes. But I think the old mentality is you have to slay 12 hours a day to show that you're working hard you and committed. No, you don't. You know what? I still, I'm working with these feelings of guilt because I'll travel and, and do all these things and be able to pay my bills and be able to pay my staff. And I'm like, oh, but I didn't earn this. Yes, the fuck I did. You did. Like, I definitely I earned did. that. Like, you know, it, it's, it's those, it's rewriting that story over and over between what people told you because that's what they had to do. And you really listening to your inner self who's saying, this is the past of least resistance. Let me show you how to get everything you want without killing yourself. Exactly. And that's the thing we forget about is killing yourself. And absolutely, I agree. Because I have been instrumental. Um, I'm not going to mention names so they don't lie. It's like, oh, coach, my family's going to kill you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, let them try. But anyway. I have so many students when they ask me, literally, I would have even students or people, they always say, how do you know so many people? Mm -hmm. You know what I respond to them? No. It's easy. And they're like, how? I just talk. And they're like, what? Exactly. I literally communicate with everyone. Here's what was my success when I was a bodyguard. And I'm gonna, when there's book coming, I'm saying it on air so nobody steals the shit. (laughs) And I'm like, cross said it first and I've said it. If I ever wrote a book, and this will kill the judgmental fucks out there. And I will say this. There will be a chapter in my book that will say, I have met and become honest friends with people in the porn industry mm-hmm. more than the martial arts industry. Yeah. Now think about, yeah. just think about that title. What does that mean to you when I say that? I would say if I was in the martial arts industry, I'd be like, oh, he's saying fuck our industry. He doesn't respect it. No, like, no, no. It Someone step out. Just yeah. looking at it as you as Donna, yeah. reading that, what does that mean to you? Like you just love people and you find value exactly. in people. I have relationship with, forget what, that industry, that's a job. Yeah. That's not one of the most closest friend and the Zenith humans mean used to be called the MILF of the 2000s. That was my client back in the day. I was going to text I was going to text on like, how the hell? Yeah, like old women. Let me holla at her. Let me holla at her. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she's wifed up, so sorry. <laughs> I'm but good people with do that. get surprised sometimes <laughs> when they Exactly. Yeah. Literally, she's Buddhist. Yeah. She's more. She, that woman, have done. And every time she'll send a text, she'll send me. 
brother, how you doing? Yep. This is how she always talks to me. Literally, if I say I am in need of 10 grand for my kid, boom, just like that. But I would never do it. Yeah. But in fact, the martial artists will be judgmental. Now, I'm not saying all martial artists are, but I am speaking as to what we are talking in this podcast of her being a barber. Mm -hmm. What she is going through, as Umar in his industry of guns, of course, what they expect them to look like and sound like. And this just goes back to you. So how did you manage to be Donna, whiskey beard, barber, Man. in an industry that you just said, very hard, hard about cultural misogynistic, or either you be a hair salon, whatever, you know how yeah. they are. Or what they, or I, I, there's a name to them I found out. I don't know what to do with, with hair salon women. Cosmetology. Yeah, it has its own reputation. Yeah. How did you manage in the city, in the Midwest, in Kansas City, yeah. to be what you are right now? Man. And don't, don't tell me meditation. I'm that, talking that about no, no. People are going to hate my answer. That's okay. The That's about answer, this podcast. The answer is meditation. I, I okay. don't have another response for you. My only answer was really getting away, stripping myself down, and listening to what my inner self wanted. And then I followed that path. And along that path, I had to let go of expectations, which we talked about earlier. I had to let go of what success looked like to me, and I had to embrace the people that were coming to me. What was important to me? Safety, security, love, financial stability. I looked around and I'm like, this isn't how I envisioned it, but this is everything I got. Like, following my inner self through meditation is really was my path to success. I could tell you I went to a bank, I wrote down a six-month uh, success, you know, uh, yeah, they want business, the business plan. plan and all that. Yeah, I saved a year. I didn't do any of that shit. I quit my job. This is job. why I call my sister. This <laughs> is literally, she did what yes. I did. And this yes. is why I call my sister. Nobody believes me when I say that to them. Listen, I had this expensive ass Camaro. And I'm going to tell my business because it was like, this is where people are. I'm paying $700 for this Camaro that I loved. I made a lot of money. I was just like spending money. I didn't save anything because I had nothing to invest in. When I decided to quit, everyone was like, you're going to starve. You haven't saved anything. I meditated. My inner self was like, first thing, sell that car. Get the fuck out of that car. Cool. Go here. You'll have, and I didn't know what was there, but what was there was a cash car. Cool. Go here. What was there was a loan that I needed. Cool. Do this. What was there were stocks that I invested in. Again, I didn't, I was not educated on stocks. The only thing I meditated on was what was next, quiet my, quiet my mind, tell me what way to move. And it was like, cool, invest in this stock. Okay. And people hear that inner voice all the time. And they, they don't discount it. it. Yeah, they don't they listen to it. I, I they call it a gut instinct, yes. but they don't listen to that voice. Yes, my yep. gut told me to invest in T-Mobile stocks. Knew nothing about stocks. And I was like, I don't know where this is coming from, but I'm gonna put some money in there. I put several hundred dollars in there, cashed out at several thousand dollars. Several thousand okay, dollars. Okay, I need to learn. Which, <laughs> uh, and again, I didn't learn. It was just listening to that inner voice. I still don't know what I'm doing in stocks. And it was like, okay, cool. So it was like, oh, I need money to uh, uh, build out my barbershop. The exact dollar amount I needed was the exact dollar amount I had in stocks. So when you say, don't tell me about meditating, that's all I can tell you about. <laughs> okay. okay. Really well. So, yeah. but it goes back. You opened up 
and embrace I the universe. To. Yes, I had yes. to. So there is a way. Okay. Yes. So yes. that's internally. Still, we need to go back to mm -hmm. our question. What made Donna, Donna, Whiskey Beard, business successful in business? What is the formula? What attracted customers? There has what to be there. Money? Not, no, forget about the medication. <laughs> forget about the money. What made this place for people? Uh, you're going to say love, okay? Yes. But also, you had to put something down. I know. It's you had to say, you had the vision. You had some. So what is... I mean, we get people think it's repetitive, but I want to hear from you. What? What did you make sure to become when you move to this? Forget okay. the first spot. Okay. This spot. Where is Donna is at right now? So, so at yes. this spot, Donna yes. was established, right? Here we go. Donna yep. was established as a inner being, right? Like I was very in touch with who I was. Okay. Okay. This is the thing. There were some people. So, that so you did a life change, though. You did something a year ago, yes. two years ago. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so we want to get that. I mean, we're going to go talk about COVID a little bit before we go off yes. because there's something me and her did. But I want to talk now that did this. Yes. You have went to a, a big change. I did. I okay. did. Uh, and it's going to sound funny, but again, I went through another change of meditation and, you know, like isolating myself. And it told me I had to cut people out of my life. And mm. it mm. hurt mm. me and some people. And it... it uh, it was people that I loved and I thought that would be with me throughout the long run. But the way I was moving and the way they were moving were different. Neither were wrong, which is what I finally learned. Because at first I'm like, oh, you got me fucked up. Like, I've helped you so much and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That wasn't the case. The way, the path I needed to go and the path they needed to go, the universe was saying, okay, this is where you guys end. So I really had to pay attention to the direction I needed to go in, I drew very, very clear boundaries about what was for me and what was good for me and my family and what was good for them. And it's not always a diss like we think it is. We think if you're no longer doing what I need, you're a bad person. It wasn't that. No, just different goals. These particular people, oh my God, I would love for them to come back into my life, but if they don't, I'm okay with where we ended. It was different goals. So I had to cut some people off, I had to really hone into what I wanted, my ultimate vision, which was to be like a high-end corporate barbershop that gave like hood cuts. And it was like, okay, <laughs> it was like, okay, I like that. Yeah, like how are you gonna do this? Like who are the people that are gonna support you? And the people that had been with me for years, I had to let go of, you know, cause it was like, I love you, but what you need and what I need are different now. So I love you, but I love me. I love you, but I love me more. Exactly. Yes. Absolutely. So again, I meditated and names came to me and it was like, this is done. This is done. I'm like, universe, you bitch. <laughs> like how rude of you. But they, was, they, I, I believe the universe has a sense of humor. Sometimes. Yes. Yeah. And it teaches you in the most bizarre way. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? I thought I employ these people. I uh, pay these people's bills or blah, blah, blah. And the universe was like, fuck all that. These people are good. Like, whatever you guys have learned from each other, because it was mutual. That's beautiful. You didn't they're take it personal. No, no, they're good. And they will be okay without you. And I saw that it was um, not conceited, but like, I don't know, kind of conceited of me to think that you can only be successful through my Success. avenue. Yeah. These people have their own dreams. So it was like time to cut them, go, cut them loose and let them go. And they have succeeded. And I'm so proud to be a part of their journey. 
-hmm. even if it turned out, mm -hmm. even if they have a negative, uh, you know, thought of me, I'm proud to be part of their journey because it was like, for this amount of years, we, we fucked Kansas City up. Like we no. did our thing. And I just, yeah, like, I just kept paying attention to like, what was next? And who was supposed to be in that frame? And it, it worked out. Like you have no control over your life. You're a co-creator. You can say, this is what I like. This is what I want. You can leave it up to the universe, but you have no control of the details. So I kind of surrendered to the details and the universe just took care of it. And I know people hate that answer because no, 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 it's so no, no. I, They gotta get used to it because yeah. honestly, I would say to what you're saying it is true, but I will also take a moment here to go to something uh, I think this will reach out to a lot of small business owners in this city and a lot of cities, mm -hmm. COVID time. Mm -hmm. Oh and, God, yes. And I would never forget the day when I'm not gonna bring his name, but that imbecile I call him. Yeah, <laughs> Shut guy. us down, that uh, guy. Milk dead. Yeah, yeah, milk dead. You know what we're talking about. <laughs> Which now he's getting his ass lit with what he's been doing. Karma has its way, but I believe it, it will his time. So anyways, when that stupid order came happen, and we're not talking presidential locally here, shut us down. And suddenly, nothing more disgusting and makes you feel inferior than when they say you're not essential. Oh man. My business got deemed essential, she got deemed essential. And I would never no, forget- No, inessential. We were not essential. Huh? We're not, we're not essential. Yeah, sorry, yeah. oops, sorry, yeah. uh, accidental. Hey, yeah. English says second language. Yeah. <laughs> we were not essential. Inessential, that's the word, right? Yeah, inessential, that's whatever the sound is. <laughs> yeah. oh, fucking assholes. <laughs> no, I get it. So I would never forget that day it happened. She was the text first person I text. I'm like, all right, sis, what now? We were like, and she said, We getting on that pole, bitch. <laughs> and I tell you what, she texted me, she's like, I ain't stopping paying you my membership. I was yeah. like, I ain't stopping coming to get my yeah. fucking haircut, even if it's under the bridge. Yep. And guess what? We didn't stop. We're here. Yeah. And I will give her one thing, and I'm giving her a hug for this, for standing. <laughs> and I even, one of those, I said, I forced, I was like, get your fucking asses, go buy gift cards, go do this, yes. go do this. Yes. We did it. Because I tell you what, and this is something, and I hope our viewers listen to this, I am not hating against anyone that had a job that paid you during that time. This is good, proud for you. What I'm hating on is the fact that some of you had the audacity to judge us for making our limb. Because guess what? We didn't get no PPPP for whatever fucking no. shit. We didn't get SBA. Ka Kanye because... got it all. Yeah, Kanye <laughs> got it. The Lakers got it. Yes. Shake Shack got it. Shake Shack got it, which till this day I haven't ate there. Me right I stopped. I was like, yeah. I, was like yeah. I would never eat at that spot. If you, yes. you're at the plaza and you're asking for that. Fuck you, Shake Shack. Yep. No. So, but what made the success of us being here? Each is other. Each other. Yes. And as I have her as my sister, I am her brother. We all stood up and we did that with same small business. I, I guess I can answer that question now. We are yep. like, what made the difference between my business? I depended on people. Yes. Not corporations, nope. not uh, mentors, not money, not banks. I depended on people. But because you're a people's person. Yeah, now. but it was the same thing. Like when I called him and I was like, bro, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And he's like, he was paying a membership each month. And he's like, don't cancel my membership. When I when I got it, you got it. And I was like, cool, when I got it, you got it. And we yeah. didn't have it at the same time. Yeah, if he comes to a point one day, she came <laughs> in and was like, 
coach. Yes, I'm I having any problem. I'm like, hey, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I'm not going to be judgmental against yeah. somebody that stood by me. Yeah. I was like, I get it, man. You got to do it. It wasn't the banks that bailed me out. It nope. wasn't. Um, it was each other. It yeah. was people. Yeah. I, I, every single member, and I'm so grateful to these members to this day. I called every single member, and I'm like, listen, bro, I will stop your membership. We're shutting down. I had one member who canceled, and that was only because he was in the service industry. So he didn't have money coming in. But every other member was like, I want to see you make it out of this. Keep, keep, keep pulling my money. And it wasn't a small, it was hundreds of dollars yeah. a month. Yeah. And my members were like, I'm essential or I'm good right now. Keep pulling my money. But that's the universe connecting you with people that will take care of you. Exactly. And also that goes to what you mean to people. And to me, it was the most humbling. I cried one day. I sat in my room on my knees in my bedroom and cried. And I wrote a meaningful heart. I would never forget, and I'm going to put his name on here. He's very private. He's one of the Midwest strongman competitors. He's the biggest teddy bear giant we ever had. He got moved to Boston during this time, before when they shut us down. And I remember when he got laid off, I told him. I was like, he's a coach. I can't pay. He's like, what's up, Big Rob? He's like, I got fired. I said, I know what this training means to you. You get your fucking ass in training. One day when you pay me, you pay me. All right? That's how you are. No. He went to Boston and we got shut down. That dude paid three times. He said, he said, he first I saw my Venmo, $500 came in. I will put it on record and he's going to hate this and I want him to hear this. 500 he's like, get Adam and Shannon, go eat. I was like, what is this for, Big Rob? He's like, I will never forget that six months you, you helped me yeah. to train. I needed this yeah. because I could have shot myself. COVID was not three months. No. Oh, year and a half. Guess what? And then. He paid that off. I'm like, Bob, Big Rob, that means uh, that dude paid till December 2020 a membership. He's in Boston. Yeah. In Boston. Yeah. And all he asked for me to go see him, him and his wife, and I'm going to go filming there. Yep. Now, to me, not money, success in life. Yes. When you have people will rise up for you and want you to succeed when you're down. Yep. Exactly. And that's what you accomplished as well. I did, and, and it doesn't. It's more feel, better than money. It doesn't even feel like a personal accomplishment. It just feels like I'm it's so aligned mm -hmm. with Source Energy that they bring people into my life that just uh, just make my world just so lovely. It's humbling. Yeah, it's very humbling. Yeah, it's very humbling. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful to these people. I'm grateful to myself that I like have the knowledge to really focus on on what's good and what feels good. And I must say, like, I have the, the most loving people in my life, from customers to friends to parents to whatever it is, I'm surrounded by love. To staff, like, I'm surrounded by love. That and it's. Oh, well, she's and got it's, beautiful staff. We, we, we want to might want to introduce and drag her. Awesome. Well, let's drag in JoJo, come here. Hey. So she's like, no! <laughs> Louisa! Come here. <laughs> I call her Louisa. Yeah, so you she got, you got to come this way. So I yes. call her Louisa, but yeah. here's first Thundercat. Yes. She is the one that trims when we gotta come down. So that's Jojo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's Jojo. So that's Jojo. No, it looks like a Jojo naked. Where's Louisa? Here we go. You gotta come this down. This is yeah, Thundercat hey. Lou. We call her. She's the one that makes us look handsome. <laughs> and we love that's uh, Jojo here. With uh, I'll let you introduce them. They don't yeah. Know. yeah. So Thundercat Louise is my right hand. Love hey. of my life. Hey. That beard is gonna change the world. <laughs> this is Jojo. Shit can't get done without Jojo. Like Jojo went. It wasn't vacation. Jojo lost her grandfather, 
and went to Puerto Rico, and we were mad at you. <laughs> like, you selfish bitch out there, you lose your grandpa right now. She can't have it without JoJo. Downstairs, we have Gavin. That's our skateboarder dude. He's so cool. We got Zoe. Zoe's our, our super buff dude. Like, we have a, a type of staff that we just, we love on each other. We fight with each other. But we're family. We're family. It's, it's all love. There goes Zoe. <laughs> Zoe Ice has it on his headphones. So he yeah, I don't know if it. you can hear. So Zoe's on the phone. Yeah, this Zoe's coming in camera. Yeah, come this way, brother. Come this way, Zoe. There hey, we go. Man. That's our guy, Zoe. Zoe's one of the barbers here as well. You need any fitness fitness tips? He, he's not gonna talk to your ass because he's got very few words. But <laughs> he'll love on you. He's got fitness tips. You know, it's all love. So yeah. we we got a staff here that really just. Believes in the vision, believes in each other, and you you can't you can't go out and pick those things. Like no. it has to be brought to you. It has through, to just align, yeah. Through energy, and exactly. Through energy and vibration, you got to be very careful with how you feel on a day to day. I wake up, I, I make sure I like tell the universe what I'm grateful for. I make sure to meditate so that I can bring those things into my life and recognize them because you probably already have them there you just can't recognize them because you're so honed in on like making money or honed in on certain like, things yeah. yeah or love i need this type of love i got a relationship and it was like i need love and it was like uh look around you i got you I got my mm -hmm. brothers i got my staff i got my friends you got like, that that's exactly. love yeah. like th they taught me love that i've never experienced in my life so that is amazing. You're yeah. blessed. And yeah. we thank you for having us today in your shop. Oh, thank you guys for coming. It was coming. an amazing podcast. Yeah. And until uh, next time. All right. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Right. Well, I appreciate you as always. Yes, Thanks yes, for yes, coming yes. by and letting us in. And this is kind of a thing for us. The first time I was like, we need to step out. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? I know a place. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Donald, would you want to give our audience your address or yes, information yes, yes, about yes. you, how to get in contact yes. with you? We will also, as homeowners, will put media. all the details yeah. and all that. So we are in the East Crossroads Arts Arts, Arts District, 1600 Cherry Street. Uh, it's Whiskey Beard Barbershop. Mm -hmm. uh, our social media for Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter is Whiskey Beard Barber. Um, you can book appointments there. You can buy all your beard products there. Oh, by the way, that's what I use. Yes, yes, yes. You can buy uh, your awesome gay pride shirts this month there. I'm waiting for mine. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Everything you need is on our website. Please follow us on Instagram. My personal Instagram is DA underscore the underscore barber. So either one will link you to the website. And we will put all that. We'll link it up. We'll yes. put it up on our uh, page and all that. So in closing, Donna, what is one thing you want to leave the audience? The people that don't know you and now they met you for the heard you for yes. the first time. What is you want to give out to that little, let's say that young, yes, growing up in a life close to some of how we grew up, and she's listening to you for the first time, or even that teenager, or could be somebody in their twenties, or could be in their thirties or forties. Yes. And they hear this for the first time. What they can take out of this care, from Donna. Care about how you feel on a day to day. If you feel bad, either take a nap, meditate, <laughs> make yourself feel good because that is the only thing that matters is the vibration you put out because it's going to determine what comes in. Um, maybe uh, reevaluate re religion if it makes you feel guilty 
like reevaluate it and just go to, I'm not saying God is bad or anything like that. God is great. Source is great. Yes. But stick with what makes you feel good. Don't worry about people's perception. And it's so hard because it's 95% of the people you meet are going to be about perception. So you're like, oh, 5% is what I should be listening to? Yes. <laughs> Listen to the 5%. Go away from the masses. So. I appreciate it. And ladies and gentlemen, this is one of our first series, of course, because we're celebrating Pride Month, and we yes. also want to bring the minorities up here. It's my gay we, birthday. <laughs> and we got a couple more coming up. Um, of course, the genius Omar is working on putting this all up. Without him, I wouldn't be able to do this. I know, he looks like a meathead. He's the He's nerd. He's so sweet. He's so sweet. He's so smart. He, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Everybody sees him, they're like, well, that's a meathead. I was like, actually, I'm more meathead than him. He's he is so the smart. smartest one out of everybody and the most loving. And I'm loving, but Omar's loving. So once Omar puts all that stuff up, we're kicking it off. Again, the only time we're late is Omar's traveling now at South of the Horn. <laughs> now he found a new home, and he can't stop of going. And I am jealous and hating, right. hating on him. Maybe that's that podcast from Mexico. Hey, hey there, here we go. I do not want that camera on. Yeah. <laughs> no, no camera. Yeah, I might be talking. Yeah. I just do not <laughs> want that camera on my face during that time because I don't know if I'm going to be coherent. Yeah. I can pull that up and my face wouldn't. So exactly. Don't, let's not do that. Like just audio. <laughs> right. Well, Dino, we're looking forward. I'm pretty sure this is going to be something our, cr our crowd going to request you again. Because Aye, yay. That's 